Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living with Power Hope podcast. My name is Lena Abujamra, and uh, I know my name is a mouthful, but I am so happy you're here and um, so happy that you have tuned in to a second in our series on the desert. I um, am excited because we are launching. We have just launched our uh, uh, Through the Desert series. Uh, it's a uh, Bible study on mapping the footsteps of God through the desert places in the Bible. It is a six-week Bible study. You can access it on Amazon. You can sign up for it on our website. Go to livingwithpower.org. And every when you buy the book, you get six weeks of video content. It is an awesome study. It will help you navigate the desert seasons in your life. I pray that it will bring revival into your life. Hey, uh, we're going to be uh, showing those videos in our Thursday Night Live community groups that uh, is on Facebook. Just uh, You can access it also by going livingwithpower.org. Top right corner, you'll see join our community tab. Click on it. It'll take you to where you need to go. Here in the podcast, we're going to be talking about the desert in a number of different ways. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but... We are in Valentine's week. And so um, I thought today I will talk about, here's the title for today's podcast is Muddling Your Way Out of the Desert of Dating. Uh, As you know, if you've tuned into our podcast before, we talk about everything on this podcast about faith, life, culture. And if dating isn't part of dating, life and culture, then I don't know what is. And um, some of you are like, what is dating? For you, it's a focus on desert rather than dating. And I know that feeling. I've been single for a long time, engaged twice, never married. And if you know me at all, you know uh, my story. I've written about it in a book called Thrive for Singles, but also I've alluded to my story in uh, my most recent book, Fractured Faith. And I talk about it some in uh, Through the Desert. Uh, Listen, I don't talk about it as a you know it's not a badge of honor to be single it's uh it's really more a fact of life and uh i've learned some things in my singleness and i've learned that even though one can get used to and thrive in singleness it can still be difficult so uh if you're single and you're checking in and it's valentine's week and you've been beating yourself up because you're still single then you came to the right place i want to encourage you with three points today on muddling your way out of the desert of dating now if you're married don't tune up don't tune up whatever hang up because um I think you would glean some things, first of all, because this can apply not just to dating, but to any area of life, but also because inevitably you have singles in your life and you need to know how to help them. So stay in, listen up. This is not just going to take 10 minutes of your time. I want to give you three points. And and there's a couple of good uh, places in scripture that sort of can be used as a backdrop. I chose Genesis chapter 16. Um, it, the leading to the story is the story of Abraham. Remember, he was called by God in Genesis chapter 12. And the promise that God gave him was that he was going to have kids. Uh, in fact, that he was going to have so many kids, as many as the stars of the sky, and that through his son, uh, he would be uh, eventually the, the descendant, like Jesus would come through that line. And so uh, he had waited and nothing had happened. And um, this is when the desert hits, is when you've been waiting on God and nothing happens. By the way, as I was preparing for this, I was thinking about another similar situation, though I'm going to focus our attention on Genesis 16. The people of Israel were in the same predicament, by the way, in Exodus 32, where they were waiting on Moses to come down from the mountain. And because Moses delayed, they found themselves in a desert spiritually and in every way. And and they started to doubt God. And that's exactly what happens in the desert. And so if you're single, especially if you're single for a long time like me, uh, sometimes if you've been single for a short time, it might feel like a long time, but wherever you are in this uh, spectrum of dating, um, it can start to feel like a desert. And if you're in that desert of dating, I want to encourage you because we can joke about the paucity of Christian singles. Uh, we can wonder if God's forgotten us, but I think we need biblical truth and biblical story to help us navigate the desert of dating. And so Genesis 16 is the story of, of Abraham and Sarah. And so God had promised him a kid and nothing happened. And they waited and nothing happened. And they got tired of waiting to the point where in Genesis 16, it says, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. 
So that's a desert, the desert of barrenness. It says that, and so, so here's her problem. It says she had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abraham, behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. It says, and Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah. So after Abraham lived, had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abraham, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived, of course, right? And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked at it with contempt to her mistress. And of course, now Sarah was, the, the plan backfired. So verse 5, Sarah said to Abraham, may the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And then she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. So Abraham says to Sarah, behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. So Sarah dealt harshly with her and she fled from her. Last week, I alluded to the story of Hagar. Now you get the backdrop. So poor Hagar in a sense. But on the other hand, uh, this is a mess. And it's very easy for us to make a mess out of our desert spaces. Uh, you might be waiting on someone, on something, and, and it might be a legitimate problem. The problem that Abraham and Sarah were facing was a legitimate problem. And uh, they made uh, they they went down a path that was the opposite of what they should have done, and it it had consequences. It backfired, and I think for years they suffered as a result. But God used it anyway. So just if you're if you're single in particular, I think again this is Valentine's week. Many of the singles listening have had a rough week. Uh, maybe some of you have had an awesome week. Maybe you met the love of your life. That's awesome. We're happy for you. But if you're like me, you're like looking around, going, I have a problem, and I need to try to fix it, and. Uh, Here's point number one. Before you worry about the desert of dating prospects, fix your eyes on the presence of the divine prospect. All right. The problem with Sarah and Abraham, and uh, I, I guess Sarah is the, the one navigating this, but the problem is that she, they took their eyes off God. God had made them a promise. And rather than resting assured in that, it was all a matter of vision. And they took their eyes away from God and fixed it on their problem. The minute you do that, whatever it is that desert space you're going through, it's it, it's gonna be a it's it's gonna be bad. See, God isn't waiting for you to find the one or to fix the problem in your life. God isn't worried about you finding the one. Uh, as it pertains to singleness, like He's aware that there's like two single people in the city of Chicago, and I don't know either of them. Like He's well aware of that. He was well aware that Sarah was past her you know years of childbearing, and that Abraham was giving up hope. He, God knew that. God wasn't waiting for them to magically come up with a plan. He had a plan. What he was looking for is their trust. And I think we're living in an age now where every voice in culture tells us, if you're not acting, then that means you don't care. Or you're not putting yourself in a position where you're going to meet somebody. I, I, I say hogwash. And I don't mean to, to use rough language on this podcast, but really it is hogwash in the sense that we need to look at the biblical model. From the get-go, from Genesis chapter 3 or chapter 2, I guess, God put Adam to sleep and brought him Eve. Now, you know, again, I'm, I'm not advocating we all take a nap until we get married. I mean, guys have to ask girls out. And in our age, day and age, a lot of girls are tempted to ask guys out. Oh, no, whatever. Yeah, I'm not getting into the intricacy of dating. I'm just saying, as long as you worry more about your the lack of dating prospects than God's power to provide for you in your lack, it's, it's going it's, it's to be hard. And so can you, can you just embrace that? Uh, that rather than fixing your eyes on the problem of, of no dates, no men, no women, whatever you know you're looking for, focus on God. What is God teaching me in this season? How can I best serve God in this season? How can I be devoted to the Lord in it? How can I thrive in it? You might want to pick up my book, Thrive, for singles, by the way. I still get emails about it um, because it has been very instrumental in helping some singles 
feel find freedom. So if you're looking for that, please look up my book. It's on our website under books and resources. Here's a second big idea, muddling your way out of the desert of dating. First, fix your eyes on Jesus, you know, off your eyes off of the lack of dating prospects and, and, and fix them on the abundance of God's goodness. Number two, before you take matters into your own hands, hand the matter over into the hands of the only one who can. We, our temptation, our greatest temptation in life is to try to make something happen. It's what Satan tried to tempt Jesus with when he was in the wilderness. He wanted him to turn the rock into a bread, like try to do something to fix your problem. And there's a healthy amount of movement, but there's a, there's a line we cross. The healthy part could just be praying about the problem. I mean, Sarah and Abraham had a few years. We don't know what they did during those years, but I know that the minute that Sarah decided to finagle a solution herself, she stepped out of what God had wanted them for them. And I think it takes the wisdom of the Spirit to discern the difference between, you know, I'm not advocating that we do nothing. Like, there's certain things we need to be doing in our life. But I, I would certainly, I, I think that the first thing we should be doing is handing the care, the matter of our dating, into the hand of the only one who can. I genuinely do believe with all my heart, to this day, even though I'm 50 and single, that if God wants me to marry someone to, today, I will have a man show up at my doorstep before the sun goes down. I really genuinely believe that. I know that sounds naive to some of you. And I know some of you go, that's why she's still single. But I genuinely believe that to be true. And I have seen scriptural example after example of God holding out until the ninth hour, whatever hour, 11th hour. And, and, and then he shows up. You know, he showed up to the disciples who were wrestling in the water in the storm in the fourth watch of the night. That's it. You know, the last possible, like the worst of the worst. Why does God do that? Because it gives him glory. Because it helps, teaches us to rely on him. Taking matters into our own hands always will lead to serious consequences. I know so many unhappily married people. I know many people who have met people online and later been like this person was a liar. I'm not saying, you know, look, you may be, I know, I know everybody listening is like, I know my aunt and my uncle, and my nephews and my niece, everybody got married online. Good on you. I'm happy for you. I just think, be careful when you're pressing too hard to what you want when you want it, as opposed to trusting God. I don't know necessarily where the line needs to be drawn, but there is a line that needs to be drawn. And culture prioritizes dating and marriage over anything else. All I'm saying is we need to prioritize our relationship with God over our relationship with a significant other. It can turn into idolatry to want that person more than we want anything else and to try to make it happen in our life. And it did not serve uh, Abraham and Sarah well. They ended up suffering some serious consequences for for a long, long time. So taking matters to our own hands will not just have serious consequences, but long-lasting consequences. And... Um, there are ample illustrations of that. I won't get into it, but just be careful. First of all, hand you know. First of all, fix your eyes on Jesus. Secondly, hand the matter into the hands of God, and then be willing to go if God opens the door. You know, if someone expresses interest in you. I know a young man recently who asked a young gal out. She's a Christian. He's a Christian. They they both love the Lord. They're both in the same environments, and they're both single. And he asked her for lunch, and she said, "No, I don't want to be in a relationship right now." Look, he's not asking you to be in a relationship. He's asking you for lunch. And like, I, I just think we have a ridiculous way of jumping way ahead of God. And I, I just, I think we need to be careful. Um, if, if, you know, again, we don't need to take matters into our own hands. But when God invites us into something, just taste and see that God is good. You don't know what could happen if you agree to that cup of coffee. 
All right, here's a third, and I'll finish with today's thoughts on dating. Before you compromise what is best in dating and relationships, commit to living what is best in your own vertical relationship. It's easy for us to compromise our lives as it pertains to dating and relationships, is what I'm trying to say. Before you compromise what's best in dating and relationships. So in our day and age, how that plays out is, as an example, the easiest example of this is um, Christian couples who have sex before they're married. They're all over the church. I understand. I'm not taking a poll, but I understand from talking to people that most single people in the church are sexually active. I, I, I'm boggled by that. I'm not suggesting that, that there's no struggle for purity. Look, we have so many sexual temptations thrown at us left and right. But the fact that we have justified as a Christian culture living with the a person from the opposite sex or having sex with them before we get married, it's just not, it's, that's not okay. God's word is clear on that. And the more you fill your mind with the cultural narrative, the less you're going to be sensitive to God's narrative. The godly narrative is that God has created us to be uh, one with our, if you're a woman, with your husband, and if you're a man, with your wife. That's it. There's just same-sex relationships are not ordained by God. Uh, premarital sex is not ordained by God. Um, sexual impurity in our thoughts and our in our actions are not ordained by God. I mean, there's a lot of lines that we're crossing. And so I, I think what I, what I want to focus on here, if you want to muddle your way out of the desert of dating, is instead of compromising what is best for you in dating and relationships, why don't we start making a commitment, a resolve to live what is best in our vertical relationship? Um, that means learning to love the Lord more again. That means waking up earlier in the morning to spend time with him and spending time at night with him. Uh, the other day I was listening to an evening devotional and the thought crossed my mind was, it was sort of wrapping up the night and it's a Lectio Divina that I downloaded the app for. It's a really good app and I'm, I'm starting to listen to it in the morning and evening. And, and I was listening to the evening one and I thought, you know, I want to watch a movie after this. And I thought, why, why don't I want to end my day with the Lord? Like, what is it that makes that seem not as comforting as watching a movie, as an example? And I I felt rebuked by that. And I I want to, and I told the Lord, I I want to invest in my vertical relationship with him. I want him to be the first person I think about when I wake up and the last person I think about before I go to sleep. It will take falling in love with the Lord again. I don't mean it in, I mean it in a very spiritual fashion. It may, it will mean going back to your first love. And for many of you singles, we've forgotten what that looks like. By the way, if you're married, you might have forgotten what that looks like. So that's what revival is. It's going back to our first love. And so how do you muddle your way out of the desert of dating? Stop worrying about the desert of dating. Start fixing your eyes on the Lord. Number two, don't try to take matters in your own hands. Just follow the leading of the Lord. Hand matters into his hand. And thirdly, don't compromise what you know is true. Instead, why don't you commit to what you need in life, which is your vertical relationship with God. How you live with God will impact how you eventually live with your future partner. And how satisfied you are with God now will impact how satisfied you will be both with your partner and with God after you find your life partner. You know, when you find a life partner, that partner is not supposed to take the place of God. He, that partner will never satisfy you completely because they're not meant to. And so the earlier you try, you learn to be satisfied with God, the better off you'll be even in your marriage relationship down the road. Um, so that's, that's what I have. And we're talking about the desert right now. We're going through a series on deserts. Uh, and today I wanted to focus on the desert of dating. Yes, we're living in difficult times when it comes to dating. I, I attest to that. But um, nothing is impossible with God. Uh, he allowed Mary, the virgin, to have a baby. He can do anything. Trust me. I believe it. I may not reflect it in my dating life yet, but you never know. Uh, 
Today is just today. We don't know what's coming tomorrow. You may all, we may all live to be shocked by what God will do. He shows in the fourth watch of the night. And uh, I want to spend more time praying for um, the problems in our life, the desert places in our life, than I want to try to find a solution for those. God already has solutions, so let's trust Him for those. Next week, we're going to talk about the desert uh, and community. Many of us are in a desert of community, so please come back. In the meantime, share these uh, podcasts with your friends. Uh, buy the study. It's at livingwithpower.org. Main page, you'll see the desert study. You can get it on Amazon through the desert. And we're going to study God's faithfulness through desert places. Join us on Thursday nights. I'm teaching live. Well, actually, it's not live. It's We're going to actually show the study, but I'll be there live, tuned in with you. Uh, we're going to uh, grow together closer to the Lord. We're going to beg Him for revival in our hearts. So thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. and I'll catch you again next week.